it doesn't matter what you have. It's what you're in front of. So if you're, you know, in front of Niagara Falls with an iPhone, that's going to be better than me in front of, you know, you know, some, some random with a really nice camera. Like if you're in front of something cool, it doesn't matter what you're shooting with. If you're, you know, you got to put yourself in the position and you know, it's whatever you got on you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creators and explorers, welcome back to Blue Ass Water, where you'll hear tales of creative endeavors and tropical exploration from the talented and passionate guests of the show. I'm your host, Emac, and as always, if you enjoy this episode, please give give it a like on YouTube, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Most importantly, though, share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. That's what's key. Uh, Drum roll, please. Oh, by the way, not sponsored, but the drink of all podcasts, Liquid Death. This week on Blue Ass Water, we're joined by an absolute elite talent. He shot the likes of Naomi Osaka, Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, as well as races and championships for NASCAR and the PGA Tour. Living life at one one thousandth of a second, ladies and gentlemen, photographer James Gilbert. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Dude, stoked to have you. Are you excited for the games this weekend? We've got Florida versus Bama. Oh, man. And the Jags versus the Broncos. Dude, it's going to be a crazy weekend. I'm probably going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, probably just recovering. Jiggins talking about sore as all can be. I mean, it's a grind. It's a grind. I mean, you put your body through a lot. They, they intercept the ball, and you're sprinting down the other side of the field real quick. Talk about a little more about that physical aspect of the job. You know, it, it's not you're in there for the game last an hour and a half. You're there for an hour and a half. You're there well before, sometimes after, uh, even after maybe, maybe you're not at the facility, but you go home real quick and upload, you know, and edit real quick. Uh, you know, talk about the grueling nature of the job because we, we frequently post our work on social media and it, it's all glitzy and glammy, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know about. Yeah, man. Stuff's not light. I mean, we're carrying around, you know, two or three bodies, uh, tons of lenses. I mean, I got a belt pack with all kinds of gear. I mean, it's probably, I don't even know, 40 something, 50 pounds of gear. I don't, I don't know what the number is really, but it's a lot of gear. And I mean, when you think about like a football field or a soccer field, I mean, that's, you know, a hundred yards, hundred plus yards. Um, and you know, you're constantly moving up and down and up and down and, you know, following the ball. Um, and then when something happens quick, like an interception or a touchdown, I mean, you're sprinting to the other side of the field to cover it. And so it puts a lot of strain on your body. I mean, I wear knee pads because I'm always on my knees to try to get a low angle to make the athletes look bigger than they really are. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it leaves you uh, pretty, pretty sore after, uh, you know, multiple games. That, that makes total sense. Before we get too far ahead, James, would you, for anyone who isn't aware of you or familiar with you or knows you, just describe briefly who you are, what you do, and where you're based. Yeah, so I'm based in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, East Coast, uh, and uh, right near the ocean, <laughs> near some blue-ass water. Oh, let's uh, go. Let's go. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I cover sports and action photography all up and down Florida and uh, all across the United States. Right now, anyone who's listening, go ahead and check out James' Instagram. It's fire. You're just going to fall in love with his work. Uh, but James, when did you start taking photos? Dude, I mean, 
now that I'm like at the point where I'm at, like I look back and it's all really just a blur and it all happened over a long time, but like, it really feels quick. I, especially recently, I've literally had a camera in my hands since I was like a toddler. I feel like, I mean, I remember my mom got this like Nokia phone and it had like a 0.3 megapixel camera. And I would literally just walk around the house and just take pictures of that. And then I remember my parents got a Blackberry and then they got an iPhone. And I just always had, you know, a camera to take pictures with. And it was just something I always did. I mean, remember we had a Polaroid on the shelf and I used to be fascinated with that. Um, and then they bought me a point and shoot. And I mean, <laughs> it just, there, I always had a camera in my hand, like, and they really supported, you know, my dreams and aspirations. And um, I just always was naturally drawn to it. and discovered I had a talent for it. And it just really took off from there. I mean, um, and then in high school, uh, you know, I wasn't in yearbook, but I was always taking pictures for yearbook. Um, and so that led to being on the sidelines of football games. And then I met reporters and my photos ended up in the paper. And that literally just, you know, skyrocketed from there. I was like, all right, once I got that first photo in the paper, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a hooked feeling. So was it that hooked feeling that made it skyrocket or connections and others seeing your work in the paper and online? You know, I just, I feel like, you know, I really, really, really hustled and put myself in positions where the people that, um, you know, I wanted to be were. So, you know, I got into college games, high school games um, and worked my way up and made the connections along the way. And that, the connections are really what, you know, especially in my industry is what, you know, will make or break you. I mean, it's all about the connections. Who were some early influences that you kind of looked up to and admired? You said, you mentioned that, you know, there were some people that you kind of, you know, wanted to be in their place. So you kind of tried to follow their path. Who were some of those people for you? Oh man, off the top of my head, there's like so many, but I, I really remember um, one of the first like key inspirations was uh, Logan Bowles, who's uh, based uh, <laughs> based in the same spot as me, Jacksonville. Um, and, you know, I started following his work when he worked for Void Magazine. Um, and so I'd always see his work around town. Um, and then, you know, he took off and he's killing it right now. So, um, but he was one of the first people to like give me advice uh, for sports. And so I always looked up to him and he was always really cool to me. How's life right now? Do you have any big projects here? working on or gearing up for I know football season has officially started so I'm sure that's front of your mind I'm joining the Jaguars as a uh, contributing photographer this season so that's a exciting new step um, working for the team directly instead of you know a newspaper or a wire or you know anyone I'm directly working for the team this year so that's exciting um, and really it's just you know football 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 like now that now that kickoff and week one started it's I'm locked in on that and I might travel and do some other things during the away games or um you know the off the off weeks but um or during the week really because football's on the weekend but uh yeah it's all football for me really and then I might fill in the gaps here and there that's sick I'm stoked for you I'm sure having that uh best best time of the year for sure oh yeah oh yeah I'm I'm, I'm so excited for football season to really get into full swing and you know, the standings to really start to take place and team certain teams to climb the ranks, others to drop off and see how it all shakes out. But I'm sure having, you know, kind of more of a solidified position with the Jags this year, it sounds like, kind of tr takes a little stress away um, from having to, 
you know, work with a different newspaper every single week uh, to get gigs. Talk about though, that process of coming up, finding, finding newspapers and being like, Hey, I'll go shoot this event for you. Like, can you get me a press pass? That sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, especially last year, it was really, (laughs) really quite stressful. I mean, I didn't find out that I was covering the NFL until maybe, you know, a week or a few days before. Um, And then it was really unknown. Like even towards uh, the end of the season, I still was like unsure. You know, I was reaching out to like teams and other things because, you know, uh, normally like I know pretty well ahead of time, like what games I'm going to be at, or I'll get booked a whole season. Um, but last year it was just so much unknown with the pandemic, um, and credential limitations or restrictions. So it was pretty stressful. Uh, and now that, uh, you know, the opportunity came up to be booked for the whole season, especially, you know, when we're still in a pandemic was, you know, it made it easier to, you know, go with that route. Um, where I don't have to worry about, hey, am I going to be hired for this next game? Like I know for for a fact, better keep these days booked because I'm going to be there. And then you know, coming up, like definitely, like I said, the hustle, the hustle's got to be real. I mean, I, I probably sent two billion emails. I mean, honestly, I sent so many emails. You know, visiting teams, um, reporters, photo editors. Just you know, here's my work. Here's what I do. Love to cover this game for you. You know, let's work. Um, it was always that mindset of, you know, the worst they could say is no, like the literally the worst thing you can hear is no. And that's, I mean, you just go on to the next person or, you know, you ask next week. I mean, you never know what you have to get started and, you know, asking those questions can, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it could be really good or it could just go be a no. And that's, you know, that's okay. You just go on to the next. Were any of those no's particularly tough to hear? Yeah. I mean, I, they were always motivation. Like, you know, you hear a no or you hate, you hear, you know, you're not ready or um, we're, we already have someone and, you know, it, it, it motivates you. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say like any of them were like, you know, devastating just cause I knew like my time's going to come, but there were definitely some times where, you know, I really wanted to shoot an NFL game or I really wanted to shoot a Gator game, especially like the first one. Um, and, you know, you get a no and, be like, all right, well, <laughs> back to square one. I feel that. We met a few years ago at Flagler, which is where I went to school. You weren't a student there, but you came to shoot a game. And it was the most, it was probably the most unique ex- photography experience they've had at a game ever there. I'll, I'd be willing to put money on that. Because what you did, you had a couple of bodies with you. And you had one in hand, obviously. And then you put a second body up on the backboard behind the backboard um was it remind me was it like a suction cup sticking to the backboard is that what you kind of used so they're called manfrotto magic arms it's basically like this grip or it's like a clamp um and then uh it attaches to the camera and so uh it can mount to whatever you want it to like a bar or railing or something like that um and so uh yeah that literally was an email i said hey can i come do this i want to practice and you know Fago was two minutes away from me and at the time. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. And they were all for it. And so I showed up and put it up there and it was fun. Definitely a unique angle that no one else that photographed that gym would have, would have uh, ever got without doing, you know, like you were definitely the first to do it there. You know, you got to get your reps in. I love that. But the one downside is that a lot of these 
places that you are like gym gymnasiums particularly that are going to allow you to get those reps don't have the best lighting what are some tips you have for up-and-comers or just anyone that are shooting in an area with poor lighting that you know really makes it tough to shoot a subject well yeah that's that's the that's the biggest uh, probably one of the biggest things is you know in what i do sports photography i mean the gear definitely matters i mean you know <laughs> there's not there's not always uh well-lit places so you got to have you know the right gear but then you also got to know how to use it best um and so but you know at the same time like you know when you're just getting started the most important thing is just to do it like it doesn't matter what the end result really looks like it's just you know getting the reps in and knowing you know how to do it how to make it work you know <laughs> the thing about like noise which is you know grain in a picture uh is that we're the only ones who notice it like unless it's really really <laughs> bad like nobody else is going to notice. And so, you know, I really think that it's more important for you to just do it and not care. Like if there's noise in your picture, I mean, it's really, really not the end of the world. And it's more important that you know how to do, you know, a backboard remote or something um, versus, you know, just never doing it until you have the gear, because once you have the gear, you know, it probably took you a long time to get it. And so you could have been practicing rep after rep after rep and been really good at it so that when you had the gear, you know, you're ready to roll. That's a great point. And I think it's uh, hilarious how, you know, we don't know. I mean, we do notice the grain, but no one else. Like, it's just a good reminder. We all tweak things so minimally. And at the end of the day, the spectrum for the, the average Joe to notice whether, you know, a photo is that different is like this. Mm-hmm. But for us, we're like trying to be right here. You know what I mean? And, and if we're right here, we failed. In, in a lot of our eyes. Um, so I think that's just a great reminder that, you know, it's not the end of the day if the photo isn't absolutely perfect to our own standards, because a lot of people won't even notice the difference. Now, another thing, uh, another like little secret hack, I guess, is, uh, you know, when you're shooting in like a really uh, low lit gym or something, photographers are always told to shoot raw, but I'm going to encourage you to shoot raw push JPEG. And here's the reason. So JPEG files, uh, basically are, uh, baked files. So the camera processes it all in camera and then it's not really editable afterwards, um, versus a raw file. And so one of the things that, um, camera manufacturers do is in camera noise reduction. And so they have a secret sauce, um, when it comes to, uh, removing noise. And so, uh, when I cover, you know, um, like high school football games or, even college. I mean, anything at night, usually I use JPEG and I'll have the raw as a backup just to have for my archive. But usually, I mean, most of the sports photographers nowadays are shooting JPEG just because, you know, we have to get the files out so fast. Um, but you know, I really, I always want that raw, but you know, especially for someone starting out, you know, uh, definitely shoot raw push JPEG and the JPEGs are going to look a lot cleaner than, uh, you know, a raw file because raw files don't have any of that secret sauce. So. Wow. There you have it, guys. To all y'all listening, this is what you're listening for. James, sports can get pretty intense sometimes. You know, wide receivers can be sprinting off the field, getting tackled right into the line of photographers uh, or, you know, diving for a ball in the end zone and all the photographs are right there. Uh, Or even, you know, when you're shooting NASCAR, 
cars can come around a turn, get smacked into the wall and parts can go everywhere. Uh, have you ever had any terrifying, scary moments where you almost or did get injured or your gear was almost, you know, uh, uh, annihilated? <laughs> I've yet to be, uh, I don't, I really don't have to say it cause I feel like I, I'll, it'll happen this weekend, but, uh, not yet. So, uh, luckily for me, it just hasn't happened. Um, definitely have friends that have, you know, taken some, taken some licks, but, uh, Nope. I mean, the, the possible, the chances of it happening really aren't that high, but I mean, never say never. Cause it definitely does happen. It's crazy. I remember seeing a, I think it was the Georgia game, uh, two years ago, maybe 2019 sounds accurate. And one of the female photographers for Georgia, I'm not sure who she is. I don't know if you might know her. She got slammed. Uh, and I don't honestly know, like, I didn't hear anything afterwards. I hope she's okay. was okay. And is okay. But yeah, it's, it just goes into the, the, the amount of physical labor that you put into your job. Um, that's another thing that, you know, when they list the job, uh, description, they're like, and other, <laughs> other, and, uh, other, respo- other responsibilities has assigned may get hit by a 300 pound lineman. <laughs> she got, she got the photo though. She, she got the photo. There we go. So she's, she's the goat for that. And now she's, you know, she's got a full staff job. She's moved or she graduated from UGA and, you know, she's killing it. So oh, that's excited fire. for her. I love to she's, hear that. You know, she's healthy. It was, it was really cool to see the sports world come together and, you know, really want her to do, to recover. Um, you know, it sucks seeing that, especially on national television, but, um, you know, I really feel like everyone rallied around her and, she definitely bounced back from it. Yeah. It's the power of social media and, and the, the particularly the sports creative community on social media is so strong. Uh, in the past few years, I've connected with so many people. I mean, including yourself uh, a couple of years ago. And yeah, I think it's just, you know, there's so many cons to social media and th- we all definitely, I think it's important to be aware and like limit yourself to not be on it all day. And which is tough sometimes, um, especially with, seeing each other's high quality content where it's, it's easy to get lost in the feed because it's just fire shot after sick edit, you know? Um, but, but the beauty of social media is that we are able to connect with others who inspire us um, or even are just like-minded to us and people we just want to connect with. And then who knows what can happen from there, you know? Absolutely. Uh, you shoot a uh, large number and variety as well of sporting events, which have taken you all over Florida and sometimes beyond. Why shoot it all? I know this year you're kind of focusing a little bit more, particularly on football with the new Jags gig, but why not just stick to one organization or one sport particularly? You know, sports have their season. So, you know, it's very rare for a sport to, um, you know, fill your calendar for an entire year, like something like NASCAR or PGA might, Um, but you know, especially as a freelancer, like you're not going to get hired to go to every game, every gig travel to every weekend. So, you know, you gotta fill in the gaps and it's really, you know, covering enough to, you know, make a living, but at the same time, you know, you can't be everywhere. So it also, it also keeps you sane. I mean, uh, just, you know, not having to cover the same thing every week. It's a challenge, but it's also, you know, a blessing because, you know, you get to, go to different places and do different things. And one of the better parts of freelance is 
the variety of stuff you get to do. Do you have a favorite sport to shoot? I think I might know the answer. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know the answer to this, you don't know me. So it's it's football, hundred percent. That would have been my guess. <laughs> all day, all day, all day, every day. If there was a staff job, it would probably be around football, honestly. Yeah, I feel you. Do you have a favorite photo you've ever taken? One that stands out that is always in your mind. Always the next one, like Tom Brady says. <laughs> always the next one. I love that. So, James, what moments when you're shooting? excite you most what do you hope to capture more of like each time you go out to shoot things that get me excited are uh light um so when you know it's golden hour and the sun's just you know that perfect you know oh that yeah absolutely uh that and then uh either you know um like close games like you know when you don't know who's gonna win it's you know fourth and 10 and they're at the goal line and you know are they going to score or is it going to be the other team's going to win so like those just those moments of, like anticipation um and you know that really gets me you know excited uh, that's why we cover sports and why we love sports is because you know there's a winner and a loser and you don't know who's gonna who it's gonna be till it's all over i can totally relate to you on the close game front because when i was at flagler shooting basketball we had it felt like every every other game at least went into ot it was ridiculous. Like we just, I feel like sometimes maybe we played to the level of our opponent and that felt like the case for me. Like when I grew up playing soccer, my soccer team would usually play to the level of our opponent. So whether it was a bad team, mm -hmm. we might barely beat them. And if it was a good team, we might barely lose, you know? Um, and I thought it was like, it, it, anyways, a lot of our games went into overtime. And so it would be so hype. And we also started playing a rival uh, in Brew Riddle that we hadn't played in 10 years because there was like a fight back in the day. And so they finally brought it back. And so th the first year we beat them in overtime at our place and they were like ranked a little higher than us as well. Um, but my point is, is like shooting those intense games that go down to the water wire, even overtime, especially if the team you're shooting for wins, oh, there's no thrill like it. Yeah. Just, I mean, just the emotion that comes out of, you know, these games is what, you know, we live for. I mean, you know, there's peak action and there's emotion. And those are really like the two things that you're going for uh, when you're doing what I'm doing is, you know, emotion tells the story of a game, you know, guy, you know, laying on the field after a game that, you know, he lost. Uh, you can see the emotion um, and that really tells a story. And maybe there's, you know, a team celebrating in the background, um, you know. So emotion is so huge. I mean, just the, you know, um, celebrations. I mean, they all make for great pictures. You mentioned telling a story. And my experience mostly has been video related while yours is photo. In the production process, most of the emphasis is put into telling the story. And so in photography, though, you only have one frame, right? A lot of the times to tell the story of the whole game. Yep. So what are some things like, that you look for in telling that story or, you know, when you're trying to choose the one photo that probably encapsulates the game, like what might you go for? <laughs> Definitely emotion. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, like I said, uh, you know, maybe you have, you know, somebody in the foreground and, you know, a team celebrating behind them, you know, that's one really good way to tell the story is, you know, you have both teams in the same frame and, you know, you can see the opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, one team celebrating one team, you know, bum. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, you know, you try to show people 
what it was like to be there. And, you know, if you look at a photo and be like, man, this is intense. Like, I feel like, you know, I was at the game or I feel like, you know, this is, you know, what really happened. And, you know, I feel like I did my job. Do you ever feel like any part of your job is luck? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of luck involved, but, you know, it also comes with, you know, experience and preparation and putting yourself in the position to get lucky, you know, uh, God, there's a quote that's like, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And, you know, it's absolutely true. You know, if I run to the other side of the field before the team can snap the ball after an interception and then they throw a touchdown, like, you know, I worked hard to put myself in that position versus if I just, you know, slowly walked as because I knew I wasn't going to make it in time. No, you hustle because maybe you'll make it and then a photo will happen right in front of you and bang, there you go. After shooting, though, you know, you, the work isn't done once the final buzzer goes, right? Never, <laughs> never, never. never. And, never, a, never, never. and a lot of people probably assume that's the case though, right? And so what does your editing workflow look like post-game? You know, it's actually kind of interesting. So uh, speed is definitely the name of the game. And uh, a lot of times I'm actually transmitting photos out of the camera. Um, and they're either going straight to, you know, a graphic designer or an editor. And they're getting, you know, shared online with, you know, to the team's page or, you know, to the, you know, um, agency's website. Um, so a lot of time it's, you know, right after a play happens, I'm, you know, hitting send on my camera and it's sending, you know, files straight to an edit editor. So it's like, it's that quick. Um, and then after the game, um, so I do this thing called tagging, which is where you basically lock a photo um, and it basically prevents it from being erased. But when you get into the computer, it can read all the files that have been locked. And so, um, you know, after a play happens, I'll go through and I'll look at it. I'll send maybe one or two um, from that and then I'll lock them. And so that, you know, when I get to the computer, I don't have to look through 4,000 images. Maybe I have to look through 100 or, you know, something like that and then edit those. And then they get edited and sent out captions, sent out to, you know, clients. But the, the work is definitely not over once the game's over. I mean, you know, you're there hours early, you should, you know, you go through a grueling game carrying a lot of gear and then, you know, you still got to put in the work after. So true. Dude, that's actually a great tip that personally I was unaware of tagging the photos as a videographer. A lot of people in the video space, uh, their trick, everyone has their own little tricks, but a common one. Is it that is it hold the hand? Yeah. Hold the hand right in front of the lens. And it's just a black screen for one or two seconds. And so that, you know, the, the clip before it is the fire clip is a, ba a banger. Yeah, It's a yep, banger. Yep, um, yep. And so, but yeah, I mean, tagging it is even better because then you don't have these excess files and you can more importantly, just go through the, the, uh, the tab and just hit, I only want to see the tagged ones and then it'll show Absolutely. you yep. that's, that's clutch right there. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Something about your work, James, uh, particularly your work ethic that I actually really admire um, is that, Although you frequently shoot the best of the best, you know, the, the Trevor Lawrence's, the Naomi Osaka's, the, the uh, Aaron Rodgers, you also go back and shoot high school flag football or, you know, regular high school football. You, you don't limit yourself in the uh, degree of the, of the sport. Talk to me about, I think I, I, I'm going to be naive and why do you do that? The Seattle Seahawks team photographer, Rod Marr, has a saying that goes, make the big time where you are. 
And so, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what you're covering, make that the big time. Um, so, you know, treat that as if it's an NFL game, like treat that like it's your, you know, it's your real job because, you know, honestly it is, you know, whatever you, you know, when you're at a game, like that's your opportunity to do whatever you want really. Um, and, you know, uh, when it comes to like these lower, um, levels of, uh, sporting events, you know, the access is almost always better. You know, I can't go in the locker room in an NFL game whenever I want, you know, but, you know, you talk to a coach, you know, at a high school and you're like, Hey, I really want to come do this and document and show what it's like on game day. And they're like, absolutely. I'm like, come do whatever you want. Like they're stoked. Access is everything. Access, 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 access is, you know, how you make, you know, it's really how you express your creativity and that's why I do it. You know, I want to go challenge myself and I want to go tell a story. Um, and, you know, all it takes is asking and, you know, if they let me do it, then I'm absolutely going to do it. And it's been a lot of fun. It took a, it took a, you know, a bit of courage to work up and, you know, ask them to do that. But, you know, um, they'd seen me at games before or they knew my work or, you know, I did it once and they're like, wow, this is really cool. You know, you're welcome back anytime. Um, but yeah, I love covering high school. You know, it's where I, you know, came up in, you know, um, and so absolutely love it. And so a lot of people that are coming up that are maybe just getting started, dipping their toes in might not have a super nice camera or even a camera. What are your thoughts on iPhone photography? You know, we were talking earlier that iPhone 13 just dropped or had its, you know, uh, uh, release showing whatever Apple event yesterday. I think obviously the cameras on them are better than ever as, as good as ever. What are your thoughts on iPhone photography period? You know, it's certainly come a long way. You know, I'm still rocking the seven plus. So, you know, I'm ready to get that 13, and you know, have that wide angle camera. But the way I think about it is like, it doesn't matter what you have. It's what you're in front of. So if you're, you know, in front of Niagara Falls with an iPhone, that's going to be better than me in front of, you know, you know, some, some random with a really nice camera. Like if you're in front of something cool, it doesn't matter what you're shooting with. If you're, you know, you got to put yourself in the position and you know, it's whatever you got on you. Absolutely. And then moving forward down the line, an iPhone photographer may move on to getting a full body. So this is the section of the show called gear talk, where we talk about gear. What is your go-to setup? I know you mentioned you might have a couple bodies on you at once on a game day. What are you rocking? All right, so currently I use a 1DX Mark II, a Canon R5, which is a mirrorless camera. And uh, usually I'll have uh, my main lens is a 400-2.8. Um, so that's a really big, you know, long telephoto lens meant for shooting action far away. Um, and then I have 7200 for like kind of like a mid-range. And then I'll have a wide, um, you know, a 16-35 or something that, you know, really shows the whole scene. And the way I think of it is in uh, like zones. So, you know, each lens lets me cover a zone and, you know, there are going to be gaps in between them, but, you know, one covers really far, the other one covers in the middle. And then, you know, I have a wide for whatever happens in front of me. And then um, I definitely have, you know, like specialist lenses, like, you know, an 85 millimeter for like those really nice portraits um, and maybe like a 24 or 1.4, which is a really wide lens, but it has a really shallow depth of field. So everything behind the subject is like super blurry. Um, and that's usually like my main gear is a uh, 400 millimeter, 7,200 and 16, or something similar. And then uh, Canon just released the new R3, 
So I think I'm going to have a few of those on the way. And that's really exciting because mirrorless is definitely the, you know, the future for sports, not only because it's silent, but just the fact that, you know, it can shoot a lot more frames per second and the autofocus is just mind blowing, mind blowingly ridiculous. I mean, that's why you see everyone shooting with Sony is because the technology is just insane. I'm glad you brought up the R3 because I saw that dropped the other day as well. So I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. Watch every, watch every YouTube video. I mean, I already knew that it was going to be good, but you know, I had friends at the Olympics get to use it and it was really cool to, you know, hear their feedback. Um, and I'm really excited. Speaking of the Olympics, which was in Tokyo, let's talk travel. You know, the name of this podcast is blue ass water. So we love to go to some tropical destinations, but it doesn't have to be the tropics. What's your favorite place that photography specifically has allowed you to go? Hawaii. <laughs> Absolutely. North shore. Drop the mic. Actually, I, I actually was there. Gosh, what was it? Um, I want to say earlier this year. Yeah. Or was it last year? I don't know. It's all been a blur, but I was there recently. For, for gigs or just for your own pleasure? Uh, recently it was just for fun, but I have been there for gigs. So what type of gigs have you shot over there and how did you get linked up with those? I mean, Hawaii is like fairly far away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it's just all about the connections that you make and, you know, literally it'll just be like a random email that'll show up and you'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, so actually I was in California, uh, on vacation and then something came up in Hawaii and I was like, I'm already halfway there. Let's go. Like no question, no questions asked. That's hilarious. If, if you could only shoot one subject, just one or event for the rest of time, what would you choose and why? Ah, gosh, I don't know. Like I'd probably say the Super Bowl, but like at the same time, Super Bowl is like a really big show. So, you know, there's a lot of like waiting, you know, with all the TV commercials and stuff. So I, I would probably say the Super Bowl just because it's such a crazy game. But at the same time, like access may be limited. Access would definitely be a lot more limited. But like, you know, some playoff games would probably be crazy. Like the AFC championship every year probably be, you know, wild um, or a home opener. I mean, there's so many, but I would probably I would probably say the Super Bowl. Like if I only had to pick one. It's, it's almost an impossible question. If you had to choose, though, this might be equally impossible or an easy answer college football or nfl i would you know personally i would say nfl at this moment but you know gosh you know i feel like college has a you know the players are they're not professionals like they're they're not paid to do that um and so it's uh you know they're not out there for a paycheck they're out there because you know you know you know it's hard to say because like I feel like I wanted to say like, I wanted to say like rivalry, but like NFLs are also have rivalries. So it's like kind of impossible to say that, but I would say I like covering the NFL more. Um, but, you know, I definitely feel like there's an energy and passion to college games that maybe um, some NFL games don't have. Like, you know, NFL can at sometimes be like a show versus college games. It's like these kids are, you know, out there putting everything they have into it to make their dreams come true versus, you know, maybe sometimes in the NFL, you can, you know, take it for granted, I guess. I can, I can totally understand that. That's a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> What's been one of your proudest or even just most exciting moments in your career so far that you've got to be a part of, or you've got to shoot? 
you know, your first is always special. Like I remember my first college game. Um, I remember my first NFL game um, just because, you know, you work so hard and, you know, you get a lot of no's. And then when you finally, you know, walk out on that field the first time and like, you you know, that, you know, I've made it like, it, it's a really cool feeling. Um, and then, you know, you work just as hard to keep yourself on that field, you know, cause once you get there, the, the struggle is not over. Like you got to hustle cause you want to stay on that field. Um, and so, but being able to cover, you know, the Jaguars really has been um, pretty powerful, you know, just because I grew up watching this team with my dad and I grew up going to these games. Um, and back then I had no idea that, you know, where I'd be now. Um, and, you know, being here and doing what I'm doing is, you know, I look around every now and then I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, this is really cool. Um, so I'm very blessed. Um, but, you know, still got to work and bust your ass so that, you know, you can be there next season. So true. I bet that's absolutely insane, though, for you to be to have grown up going to those games with your dad and now shooting them and your dad's either on the, you know, in the stands or at home watching on TV. Watching on TV. He's like, dude, I see you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, that's so fire. Uh, I, I, I can relate a little bit because my first college game I ever shot was for Flagler, but it was a preseason game at UCF, which is there you go. Yeah. loads bigger than Flagler. I, I'm pretty mm. sure they had a DJ, which I know we didn't, we didn't have, you know, uh, which was also sick because Taco Fall was on the team that year. No, um, no. So that was, <laughs> now he's in the NBA. That was absolutely wild. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'm a Duke fan too. Sorry to anyone who likes UNC. Don't hate. Please keep watching. But uh, I mean, uh, Coach Dawkins, he played at Duke. And so it was just cool to like, and he was one of my dad's, when my dad started liking Duke uh, basketball back in the day, like he was playing. And so it was kind of like, not a full circle moment, but maybe a semi-circle moment for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Moving on, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? You've mentioned loads of it so far, but is there one thing that you always seem to come back to? Hmm. Now's the time when you shout out a high school professor or a, <laughs> what your best mentor you've ever had. <laughs> you know, definitely, I feel like Make the Big Time Where You Are by Rod Marr has, you know, been going around in circles in my head for a long time. Um, but I mean, there's all kinds of sayings. I mean, you know, um, Tom Brady saying, you know, the most important one is the next one. Watch your backgrounds, uh, which is so important. You don't need a trash can or security guard or a line going through someone's head, like a power line or something, you know, just like little, little things that stick with you, you know, keep shooting through the play. Don't chimp and look at your screen, uh, which is like, you know, after a play happens, you immediately go to see, did I get the photo? Like I can tell you right now that, you know, whether you look at your screen or not, it doesn't matter. You either got it or you didn't. So a lot of really good pictures happen after the play's over from the, you know, the reaction. So, you know, you got to stay locked in and, you know, keep shooting until the play's over. I mean, when they go to a TV timeout, sure, go through and look at the pictures. And there's always, you know, little tidbits of information that you hear so many times. It's like hard to remember like where did I hear that but like you know they just stick with you and you know make you who you are facts yeah I, I think the part about a electric pole going through someone's head something like that um <laughs> I took a photography 101 course at, at Flagler uh because I wasn't a photography major but I was a production major so I had a you know the basics at least of of you know what makes a good shot but so a lot of that class for me felt a little redundant 
and it was more geared towards people that had minimal background in in media but there were definitely some takeaways that i that i unexpectedly took away from it and learned from it and one of those was watch out for the head you know don't don't have a power line going through someone's head or or even you know tree branches going through their head or something like that and then another one was you know watch out for the appendages i think uh, appendages right that's what hands and feet are called anyways like don't cut off an arm if you can or even even the feet all the way down to the feet um mm-hmm. personally like photos still look fine i think when they're cut off at the shin sometimes and sometimes you have to but if if you can get the feet in the shot as well and not cut off at the shins i just think it's way better especially nowadays when a lot of athletes really care about their whole fit and if, yeah. if they get a picture back and their their gucci loafers aren't in the photo they might not <laughs> post it they might not you might not get the tag that's true that is true now's a good time Go ahead and shout out two creatives that have helped you along the way, who you really admire and I've never met. Just anyone, two creatives, go. Oh, God, dude, I'm the worst at this. Oh, I wish I had like written down some names before I started. Pick, go ahead and pick your favorites. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like I have so many, you know, friends in this industry. It's like, God, it's so hard. All right. So uh, their team photographer is uh, Cam. Uh, and it's the come up cam on Instagram. Michael Reeves, amazing, amazing guy. Yeah. So come up cam, Logan Bowles, uh, Cooper Neal, um, Brandon at LSU, Chris at LSU. Where can people follow your journey? I'm most active on Instagram. Um, so James Gilbert photo on Instagram. It's where I post most of my work. I try to share stuff behind the scenes on my story. Um, and I try to share motivating and uplifting things and yeah. So if you want to follow me there, love to have you. And I'm available, you know, DM or email, whatever. Love to help people. And yeah. We appreciate that. And take his advice. You know, everything you mentioned in this show, rewatch it and take some notes. And if you have any questions for James, so kind of him to allow y'all to reach out, slide in the DMs. It's always fun sliding into DMs because you never know what could come of it. Dude, I'm telling you, like, you know, just like those emails show up, dude, I'll get DMs all the time. It'd be like, you know, <laughs> crazy opportunities. And then, you know, you build those relationships. I mean, I reach out to people all the time and I ask questions or, you know, ask how they did something. And, you know, years later, now I'm friends with them. I mean, it's crazy. It's really, you know, work hard, be kind and great things will happen. 